The Jupiter Broadcasting Network presents this program in stereo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Episode 7 of Stoked, our podcast all about Star Trek Online. And with me is Jeremy. That's me. And Brian is out saving the world today, so he is unable to join us. We wish him Godspeed. We do, and... To make things uh, like a little bit of salt in the wound for Brian's absence, we've lined up a pretty awesome show. Uh, coming up in today's episode of Stoked, we've got some highlights from the latest press blitz that the, the Cryptic has been doing, the makers of Star Trek Online. Mm-hmm. A few things that we've picked out that we want to go over with you guys. And of course, there's been a couple of videos that have come out this week that we've got to talk about. The uh, history of, the, of Star Trek, the kind of video series they're going to be, the Cryptic will be putting out to fill the gaps between when we saw Nemesis and where the Star Trek universe in Stowe takes place. Right. And then we've got uh, new pre-order details for those of you that want to get your hands on Stowe as soon as possible. There's a few incentives that some of the different retailers are now carrying for your pre-order. And then last but not least, I think we'll probably cap off the show with a history of how Cryptic acquired the rights to Star Trek Online. For the people that don't know the backstory, this could be kind of an interesting background. And, yeah. And a few new details Give that a came little out. insight into the actual studio, putting yeah. out this awesome game we all want to play. So getting off, why don't we... We've got to... Jumping off here, we've got to start with the videos that came out because this is really some big news, right? Yeah. I think we would be doing the fans a disservice by not discussing this. And we these. are all about services. So there's just a couple of things. This, this show sounds a little weird. Two of... Two... Whoa. Yeah, we just, just flickered. Just right there. <laughs> Uh, it's very windy here in Washington right now, and we almost just lost power. So <laughs> if the show seems a little disjointed at some point, uh, it's probably we lost power, and then the power came back, and we continued the show. Um, we almost just lost it right, right then there, as I was, I was saying that. <laughs> and then the second possibility is uh, there could be a huge spider somewhere in here. I killed one earlier this week. It was monstrous, you guys. It it's was because when it rains, a lot of them that have been living like in the wet spots under come the house, inside. they come inside. And we, uh, we are in a garage converted to a studio yeah and um so it's high tech it is high tech and it's also a favorite spot of spiders, spiders. so um if i run it's out also, of the room it's also where chris keeps the beer fridge though. that's true <laughs> if i run out of the room like a screaming girl uh that's not that's not a power outage that's just a huge spider we'll see <laughs> so just as a warning to everybody i'll be right behind him don't worry <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's talk about two videos that came out and we were we've opted to play it safe we're not going to play them in the show because we're not sure about copyright violation yeah we don't want to get a, anybody mad at us right so what we're going to do is you can find it over at our uh, show notes over jupiterbroadcasting.com there's two yeah, different videos we're going to link to the first one i want to talk about is it came out first it is the timeline video part one this is basically a video journal version of the uh path to 2409 yeah, uh, articles yeah. that they've been putting on their website which are not complete i'm really hoping that they start pushing those out because i'd I want to know more about the history, and that's why this video is also really and I'd love to buy a really um, interesting a comic book version of that <laughs> yeah. or something. I'd love yeah. to sit down in one single spot and read it. I guess I could just print it all, but that just seems I don't know like I'm killing trees, even though it'd be the same thing. <laughs> um, on, in fact, on a much smaller scale, I'd probably be saving a lot no of pictures. Trees. <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, in this video, they they cover a couple of things that sort of fill in the political details of the different major players in the Star Trek Do you want to just uh, kind of give it a quick step-by-step? Yeah. Um, so to I'd start, say, off, start off, they, they, they feature on the Romulans, right? Right. Well, okay. because the last thing that we saw in the Star Trek universe in this prime timeline where Stowe is going to take place um, was the, the power struggle between the Romulans 
and the Remans led yeah. by uh, Praetor Shenzon. Pretty much a big part of Nemesis. Yeah, pretty much all of Nemesis. And so now they're saying, you know, the Romulans and the Remans remain kind of at each other. They're sort of going into a civil war period. That's pretty much what it is. And uh, that sort of leaves the Romulans in a, in a weakened state. And the Klingons, being the um, opportunistic kind of guys that they are, decide they're going to start taking territory from the Romulans while they have this distraction. Right. The first system that they take back from Romulan space is the Kittimer system. Kittimer, which is where the Kittimer Accord came from, which is the peace treaty between the Klingons and the Federation. And, and I think the Romulans were involved as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that also leads to uh, the Klingons obviously now are involved with the Romulans, and so they're distracted. Yeah. And so the Gorn take advantage of this opportunity. Now, you remember the Gorn. That's the, the big green lizard guy that <laughs> Captain Kirk fought on the... Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the Gorn, you know, the Gorn are in Star Trek Online, and uh, they are picking away at the Klingons. So the Klingons are find themselves with two battles. Uh, yeah, one war with on the two fronts, basically. Yep, yep. The Gorn, hegemony? Hegemony? Yeah, hegemony. That's a neat word. Yeah. Yeah, he- yeah. hegemony. That's your word for the day. There you have it. <laughs> and uh, so They the, look cool in the game. They're much more humanoid. Um, yeah. It's kind of like a realistic version of the one that Kirk fought. Did Not, you ever see the Enterprise version? Yeah, it wasn't the dinosaur-looking lizard man from right. the Enterprise. From Enterprise. It was more. It looks more like the original, uh, but just well done, modernized, and yeah. a little more animated. Um, so they didn't go as far as Enterprise did, which I think it was. I think they found a I good. Think, yeah, I think they found a good bit balance there. Absolutely. Um, so these guys are now picking away the Klingons. So the Klingons get testing, of course. They're, uh, they're, they become, as they, as they take more territory from the Romulans, they start to become more of a threat to the Federation. So the Federation has to start taking a serious look at them. And um, it's not just the Gorn. Later on, the Nausicans join the, uh, the Gorn hegemony in that front of the battle as oh, well. Oh, snap. Really? Yeah. yeah. So what else do we know from this timeline video? Is that pretty much all they've covered so far? I, it's, it's a pretty good video with some nice visuals. So if you haven't seen it, Go to our show notes and, and check it out. Yeah, because and that it's takes us, if I remember right, up to 2391 or 2392. Yeah, yeah okay. So there's obviously going to be more videos yep. as long as they can uh, see this through. It's a cool way for them to do it, and it gives you, it gives you uh, what, what the highlight, the big points are from those writes, the, the write-ups they've done on their blog. Yeah. The ones on their blog contain a lot more detail. Tons more info. Um, so they're, they're worth a read. In fact, in these specific years, there's information about B4... The data mm. clone. Mm. Uh, there's in I think the there's, in the in the blog post. Yeah, on the blog posts on their website. It there's is information the about. Um, uh, I think Jean Luc Picard has taken a. I think he's uh, an ambassador to Vulcan, at this point already. Oh, is so. He, so they've worked in. So that is story from. Um, All good things. The uh, Star Trek Countdown comic book has Picard as the the comic they put out before oh. the movie that kind of with the red matter. Yeah, it uh, in that Picard is the Vulcan ambassador because of his experience with. Um, Spock's father when they did a mind meld. Yeah. He kind of like, you know, kind of had a soft spot for the Vulcans from that point forward. So he, um, they also cover a bunch of of little details. Like, um, all of the enterprise crews moved on. Riker's on the Titan. Beverly's on the, uh, Pasteur. And, uh, Jordy has withdrawn temporarily from Starfleet to work on private projects, building his own starship, which is the jellyfish and, uh, working on B4. The jellyfish from the movie that Spock flies through the black hole in. Right. Um, so that's so the timeline. The timeline video will get you the uh, the core things that you need to know. All of the uh, all of the details though are in those blog posts. Yeah, 
Check them out, especially if you're the type of person that's wondering when you're playing this game, are you going to be running into Picard and Riker and and all these old people? Are you going to be able to interact with them? Yeah. Well, you'll be able to see um, from these posts kind of the direction that Cryptic's going with them. Obviously, they're not up to 2409 yet. What I take away from it is that they they do things, they're, they're, they're setting things up in the universe that seem like logical evolutions of the universe, so it seems like they actually have a pretty good understanding of Star Trek and the mm-hmm. dynamics of all the different characters and, and races. I mean, the the whole idea of extending uh, the Romulan Riemann into a full-fledged civil war, awesome. The yeah. whole idea of the Gorn going after the Klingon makes sense because there's a lot of parallels there, so you could see how the Klingons would be a threat to the Gorn. And it, they, they are taking things in a direction that seem like a very logical progression if you were to watch something over over the span of a next Star yeah, Trek series. Yeah, and doing it in a year-by-year year blog post really helps with that because everyone will build on the one before it rather than just skipping 30 years and saying, this is where this person is now yeah. and then having to fill in the gaps. Uh, I think this is going to work yeah, much better. Yeah, it's a better. cool way to do it. I, I, really like, I really like and respect. It's more like reading a comic book. They're treating the material with a lot of respect. Absolutely. So that's very cool. We'll get back to actually that a little bit when we talk later on about uh, the history of Cryptic. There's some right. good info about how they feel about the Star Trek. So Now, the, yeah. ne- the other video that came out this week was one of their first official trailers. Cryptic partnered up with IGN. And I don't know who exactly flipped the bill, but that's where you can find is over IGN, and we'll link to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's essentially, it's one of the first trailers we're going to get for Stowe, um, and it's from the perspective of Klingons. Right. Interestingly enough, too, that we talked about last week, Klingons are going to be locked until you get to a certain point in the game. I almost feel like they release those two bits of information back-to-back on purpose, because when they release the information about Everybody's Klingons like, oh, locked, Klingons are oh, I hate this game, you know, a bunch of table flipping. But um, then, then they do a trailer with the feature Klingons. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it is interesting timing. Um, and it's, it's, it's from the perspective of Klingons and, and what, they, what their rationale is for essentially bringing the fight back to the Federation. Yeah. Um, some great looking gameplay footage in there. Even, even stuff great. that uh, is, um, it says in the beginning, a little disclaimer that it's pre-beta footage. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of concern, actually, about the, uh, the ships move a little jerky in space. There's actually a, uh, a post on the, on the forums um, by one of the devs that cleared up some of that. He says that a lot of the footage that they're still using in current um, publicity shots is from an older version of the internal build where they had problems with their uh, video recorder making the movements of the ships look jerky. Oh, interesting. It was dropping I, frames I don't know something. if you remember it at PAX, but yeah. they, don't, they didn't look that jerky. No. Even our footage that you you can you can find on YouTube, um, there's a shot with with a bunch of bird of prey swooping in on Chris's unsuspecting little Miranda, and they don't look jerky. You know, yeah. they're flying nice and smooth. It looks great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that the uh, the concerns over the jerkiness are, are. I think that was just an engine incompatibility. All those concerns issue. about jerkiness are just turkiness. Well said. Thank you. Um, so this is why I hang out with you. <laughs> so did you glean anything from this trailer or? Or is it just interesting from a perspective that that's their marketing? I gleaned that they're not spending a whole lot of money on voice talent. <laughs> yeah, I did glean that too. Um, they could have at least gotten the dude some fake teeth. I really, really like the uh, look of the battle scenes. Yeah. The explosions, the way the phaser mechanics work. I'm really digging all of that. It's it's interesting too to, to see that they featured a little tiny glimpse of ground play, but it was almost all exclusively yeah. in-space gameplay. Um, so they're obviously trying to play that up too, which is good because that's what a lot of us are looking forward to. There's also some cinematic elements, so don't think that everything you saw in the shot right. was um, right. was going to be gameplay. Yeah. Some of it was uh, cut scenes, you might call them. Um, right at the beginning when they're showing a, a picture of the bridge, a little misleading, to be honest. 
We yeah, because as far as we know, we're not going to be standing around in the bridge like that. Exactly. Uh, so. Yeah. Not yet, at least. There's my little poo-poo on that. Maybe maybe that'll be like a f- One thing I'm pack. really hoping that this is a hint at is also that maybe there will be two separate um, box arts or maybe a two-sided box for the game that has the you know the, the Starfleet logo on one side. And, and the Klingon the, on the other? Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. I think that'd be pretty cool. That'd be cool. Why don't we talk about some of the uh, pre-order de- uh, details that you came across? That you get with that box? Yeah. So what do we know? So we've talked a little bit about um, how uh, we're a little suspicious of GameSpot's... Um, or GameStop's. GameStop. Uh, how they're throwing things in there. The Cryptic hasn't really confirmed that they can do yet. Right. And they have like a $70 one and they have like a hundred and something dollar one that's like the super fancy one that comes with extra stuff. Collector's that edition. They're a little vague on the contents of it because they don't know themselves. They just want to have a more expensive one. Now, the trouble with um, putting any of this out there is that we haven't gotten any confirmation from Cryptic. I think that that's flat out pretty disappointing that we haven't gotten any news but from Cryptic. But like I said earlier, we haven't got a lot of... We haven't got a lot of, I mean, the Star Trek Blu-ray, Star Trek, the original series Blu-rays that are shipping are coming with Star Trek online content. But yeah, at least that was confirmed, though. Oh, was we it? We did have a, a forum note on that, just now, saying that it was a... What about the, what about the stuff that, so Amazon is going to be shipping, if you pre-order, you get a Star uh, you get a Borg... Bridge officer. Now, that's not confirmed either. Borg boff. No, that has not been conser- c- but confirmed. But it seems like that. that's pretty specific detail. It absolutely is. Now... So that must be, there must be either somebody at Paramount or somebody at Atari that's saying, somebody, it's you're going to get this. It's probably, yeah, um, public relations at Atari, you know, working on the publishing side of things. Yeah. I mean, and it's for Cryptic standpoint, is it that more, much more, more work? I mean, no. And when you get right down to it, Cryptic is just making a game. Then they're giving it to Atari to handle with dis- distribution and publishing. Right. Yeah, and all it's that. a distribution so, matter. Right. So huh. I, I guess I cut them a like little that. slack on that. But still, it. They did so good with Champions Online about getting the information directly to their fans um, right, as right. soon as it was available. Um, and it seems like for Star Trek Online, they're maybe they're overwhelmed because of this whole press blitz. That's well, going on. and you know, they're uh, and with Champions, it's a little bit more of a direct um, channel. They're they're more directly involved with Champions, whereas with Star Possibly. Trek Online, there's. There's, there's Paramount. Paramount and CBS. There has been, yeah, there's been a lot of headaches. It seems like a lot of headaches behind the scenes between uh, trying to get things confirmed on the Paramount side I mean, of it's things. It's just such a valued property that so many people have And anything that they want to do uh, to push the game, to, to publicize it or anything like that, it kind of has to go through the big boys and get approval. I like the idea of it. I think it'd be kind of cool to get a, to get a drone um, on my bridge. And I'm, I'm going to pre-order anyways. I don't. Maybe if it's like a seven of nine drone, and I don't mean just a sexy chick in a tight yeah, outfit. I do. mean like a, well, maybe I, I kind of do, but I mean like just the the underplayed um, implants. But if they're going to be like you know gray skin and black implants and tubes, It'd be and a little out of place. A little out of place. It, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I'd want to see a like a lot, like a saved Borg. You mean like a like yeah. a refugee of the collective? Right. Yeah, a seven of nine type. I, and that's what I pictured when you said it. Yeah, I'm. Picturing that it's, since it's probably it's likely to only be a cosmetic thing, they're probably going to go all out with the cosmetics. It would be kind of cool to do a full fledged Borg, but with a uniform over like parts. So like, you know, I don't know, you, you, you a don't, cybernetic you arm bor- and tubes on their head, but just a uniform yeah, over the rest of it. Yeah. That might be kind of <laughs> cool. Anyways, if you want to pre-order it, I'll link to um, our Amazon affiliate where we get a, a where you help us out by pre-ordering. It doesn't cost you any more. If you do want to pre-order from Amazon, you can find the link over in our show notes. That's right. Yeah. So the pre-order stuff, you know, I'm going to do it anyway, so I might as well get something out of it, I think. <laughs> so let's cover some of the latest 
uh, press blitzy stuff that we thought was interesting. The cryptics really, really, really taking it out there and trying to get the word out about Star Trek Online. All right. To me, this says beta is coming up soon. They're really trying to get it in people's minds. The and buzz on Twitter is going crazy. It's every yeah. day I'm monitoring mentions of Stowe and Star Trek Online, and every day it's just more and more traffic. Tons of sites are linking to stuff. And Zink just get- said the other day that he did just like three interviews in a single day for more websites recently. Yeah. So he's going to be everywhere. So what's a couple of things that have jumped out in this press blitz that you found interesting? Is there anything in particular that you're like, oh, that's a little tidbit? There was a uh, an interview at Older Gamer um, with Al Rivera. He's the lead designer over at Stowe. Okay. A few little things. You know, most of this stuff is just telling us more about the game that we already know. But sure. every time they ask a question, there's these little tidbits that sometimes sneak in. And us that have already been following it like to hear these things. So one thing is from the Klingon point of view, you know, the Vochu, Vokuv. How do you pronounce that? Which the one? The giant battle carrier. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. V-O-Q-U-V. Um, it's actually going to the have Valcor? the... Is that how you say it? I don't know. If you're, I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know which one you're talking about. <laughs> it's actually going to have the uh, capability of launching Bird of Praise as AI drones. Oh, cool. It's that big. I want... So that's, that's going to be something we could play if we're playing Klingon? That's like a tier four Klingon well, ship. Well, that's kind of cool. That almost would make me want to have a Klingon. Yeah, yeah, almost. <laughs> I do like the idea so of all, like I'm so big that birds of prey are like my little toy things that I send out. Yeah, <laughs> that does sound cool. So we already knew that it was going to launch fighters, but full blown starships. I did not know that. Bam, um, that's going to look cool. He also confirmed with us that there's going to be no rolling or flipping of your starship. Basically, right. that everything's going to be. Um, now I did. Get, I got. I should have mentioned. I did have a confirmation of that at PAX. Yeah. I asked specifically because I will be flipping my ship around like a tard if, if you they don't, don't know prevent how to drive. That. Yeah, they got to they got to put the uh, training wheels it's on for somebody 3D like space. me. You can still get above people yeah. and things like that, yeah. but you can't flip your ship. But you it, can't roll right, which is because of people like me. Right, Actually, because Chris. Sucks if at I video could games. master it, though, <laughs> it, it w- I would do stuff like I would I would roll up on top of a guy, you know, and be like down below and then you know that'd be really cool fire at their top shields whatever yeah dorsal shields yeah you bet because um they would have transferred power to their forward shields because that's where we've been fighting but then i just flipped around and got them where they didn't have all their shield strength but we call that the fisher maneuver right even though he can't do it yeah no i'd never do it i just constantly be flipping and screwing up so it's probably a good thing they don't have what's grits doing i can barely get follow to work most of the time all right, what else you got on that? Uh, he gave us a little more information about the Genesis engine. Um, basically, he just talked it up. But now, the Genesis engine is their engine where they say, like, if you beam down to a planet, it's going to generate content on the fly. That's what they've led us to believe before. Now, this is just speculation on my part, but this whole um, interview with Al Rivera, when he talked about the Genesis engine, he was talking, he was using a lot of past tense, like um, things that have been generated by the Genesis engine or uh, things that we've used the Genesis engine to make. So he used a lot of older terms. It, it sounds like it's almost might just be a back-end technology. Like they used it to build content? Yeah, that it's a tool that their developers use to generally to uh, randomly generate things, and then they go in and fine-tune it and then release it and push it out to us. I, now, I wonder, though, I think... So I got the sense in one of the interviews that was done a while ago that Cryptic was worried about people being um, concerned that this engine was going to generate a bunch of boring static content. And so right. I think they're trying to downplay the generated content because I think they came out and it sounded awesome, so they talked about it. Mm-hmm. And then a few people went, well, wait a minute. Is it just going to be like boring, ster- sterile crap that it generates? And yeah, so then the, they've pulled the back three from hallways it. and five sh- uh, rooms. That- I think so. I think that they're downplaying it now. Okay. 
You think that maybe they're not entirely comfortable with uh, exactly what its capabilities are, or or that they're worried people other people are. So they're they they just they think it's one of their maybe yeah. But to be honest, that's one of the things that I'm most excited about. I mean, when you're talking about the Star Trek universe, you're supposed to have infinite explorability, and uh, right. you know you want to be able to. Go I think out it's and great find too, as long as it's done right. But yeah, no, they they seem to actively be downplaying it in in the interview that I heard. And, yeah, maybe that's possible. That's entirely yeah. possible. All right, what else you got? What else do you got? Uh, the only other thing that he mentioned is that they will have a PvP challenge system in Stowe. And that right. this and sounds very similar to Champions Online. The hero system. The hero system. games. Mm-hmm. Um, what basically it is is a separate... It's almost like a separate entire side of the game where you just click a button and put yourself in a queue and then you can go and do your missions. And then uh, when it's your turn to play, it just pops up with a little thing and says, are you ready to play? And you click yes and you're teleported away to this new... Yeah. Zone. It's a cool idea, especially if you're into PvP. But it's just not anything. It's not really been my thing. Yeah, I, I'm not excited about that at all. What I'm excited about for PvP is actual encounters in the world. So like running in into game. A, yeah, running into a, a couple other players in their Klingon ships or, or stuff like That's that. That's gone badly for me in World of Warcraft a few times. Yeah, um, it usually does for me as well. <laughs> but still, it'd be more exciting. I if think, I'm doing the Trek. ambushing, it's probably better. But if I get ambushed, I generally never really recover. Yeah. So that, if actually, I'm the aggressor. It's a frequent thing in MMOs across the board. Whoever gets the first shot is usually the winner. Yeah. Yeah. And I Unless just gotta, your PvP system is extremely deep and well balanced. Right. Which um, is not common. I uh, I thought we should also maybe give a quick mention. I don't know. Was there anything else on the press stuff? Is no. That that's okay. a, well, that's the main. That's, that's it from that one. Right. Um, what were you saying? Well, I just wanted to mention the day this episode comes out, which is on Tuesdays, there's going to be a dev chat. So that we morning. Are, yeah, that morning. So we obviously won't be able to include it in this week's show. Even though so you'll be watching this after, after it already happened. the dev chat. Right. You so know, we're going to sound travel. like old. You know what? It, a lot of people in the podcast community, though, don't watch things for a whole month. There you have it. So, but, and, and then we'll have it, although next episode, episode Absolutely. Eight. Episode 8, we'll have dev chat details from the dev chat October 20th. If yeah. you, uh, I guess I don't need to tell them when it is. Now, do you know... It was this morning. You missed it. The PvP stuff, <laughs> the PvP stuff, do you... Uh, any mention if it's uh, ground combat or space combat? It seems to be all space combat. That could be cool. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it, that could be even different. Even if I'm getting my butt handed to me, space combat looks fun. Yeah, it does. So, I mean, that would be... PvP in space does sound really neat, actually. It does. Yeah. I don't know how they would manage to implement ground combat PvP when you're trying to... Uh, maneuver yourself and four or five of your brood, bridge crew against right. it'll, some it'll, dude it'll have and to four be or five of his. The bridge crew would have to fight each other and then it'd just be the two players. You versus, versus the player? Yeah, right? I would but think then so. if you kill the other player, then you got to kill his bridge crew. Yeah, you do have to. Uh, so Especially if they're Bajorans. The, uh, the dev chat that, that will be airing the same day is uh, more player progression stuff, right? Right. So if there's any highlights in there, we'll cover them. The player progression stuff's been played out kind of a bit, though. I mean, that's what the topic has been the last few times. Twice. Uh, it definitely seems to be an area that people are interested in. And I think we're kind of getting to the point where I think we've got a pretty good handle on it. Yeah. But maybe what we'll do next episode is we'll kind of accumulate all of the information we have regarding player progression. Yeah, that'll Just be great. kind of do a once-over. That's what we'll do. All right. So now, do you want to move on from the press stuff, or is there anything else in the press stuff you want to cover? Just the venture beat. Did you want to talk about? Oh, we'll get to that later. Yeah. I, well, why don't, we go, why don't we move right into that? It's a good, sure. that's a good segue into the venture beat. So venture beat. Uh, is a uh, it's a blog is a blog that went to uh, on site at the Cryptic Studios offices. That's right, and um, they uh, they have some interesting. We'll link to it, and if you're watching the video version, I'm showing you pictures right now. Hopefully, 
you get to see a few inside shots of the cryptic offices, including people working massive hours. And people playing foosball. Right. <laughs> they're a bunch of developers. Now, there's a few things that you really liked that you thought some interesting backstory that we've never heard before. Yeah, well, I didn't know this. I guess it's kind of common knowledge, but Cryptic was originally on board to do the Marvel MMO. Yeah. Um, the Marvel Universe, I think it was called. Um, which, oh man, I would have loved to play that. I know it, huh? Um, but Marvel, because of legal issues, probably because of their pending sale with Disney that just went through recently. I don't recently. know. I don't know. You think they've been waiting that long? Possible. That was a couple of years ago. Uh, well, maybe you not. You never know. I mean, sometimes those things take a long time. But it, but for one reason or another, Marvel pulled out of the deal. And Marvel, at, at better now, but back then, like, didn't even own rights to all of their stuff. They still don't. Yeah. But, I mean, like, they're better off now than they were back yeah, then. Yeah, they were. They are. And so there was probably some licensing issues, and that's always an issue with these games. But yeah. that's where, yeah, so Cryptic had spun their wheels trying to get that going. Well, Cryptic was already working on their, they'd finished their engine, basically, and were working on content for Marvel Universe. And then all of a sudden, Marvel backed out, so they were left with this superhero engine so they created city of heroes uh, no that was city of heroes was before the, okay. the cryptic engine is basically a, a new so this is, revamp so this is where evolution. champions has, has that's grown where out champions of. came from they went and talked to the guys that did the hero system games and got them on board and and plugged their ip into the existing marvel universe engine they became the cryptic engine and there's and the chat room is saying um that uh, Iron Deadpool in the chat room is saying that there is still a Marvel Universe. Marvel Universe game is still in development, but... Um, yeah, it's with another developer now. Yeah, and I don't think it's the same engine or anything like that. So uh, then it came up a little while later, after they were already working on Champions Online, that the Star Trek IP for MMOs was becoming available, and Cryptic leapt at this opportunity. And at this point in time, it was still uh, owned by a Perpetual Motion, right? It, well, it, it had just dropped away from Perpetual Entertainment. Oh, okay, so because Perpetual... Because they, they went under. So, so, so they didn't take it directly from, from, from Perpetual. They went to Paramount and well, negotiated with Paramount. Well, it was basically when Perpetual went under um, Paramount. Paramount received it back, got yeah, it back. took yeah. everything that, per, that Perpetual had done. Right. Which, turns out, sounds like was not a lot of no. usable stuff. <laughs> was not, uh, they've uh, been basically saying on this interview that they'd scrapped it. They looked at it, and they decided that they were better off starting on their right, own, starting right. from scratch. So the, the way that they won Paramount over was they took five of their developers. This gives you a clue into uh, just how good the guys at Cryptic are. They took five of their developers, and only over the course of only five weeks, they had working code, working content, enough to show a demo to the people at Paramount yep. mm-hmm. to win them over and basically say, we can do it. We got it. Here's the proof. Yeah. We can do it. We've already done some of it. Look what we could do in five weeks. Imagine if you gave us a year or two. Yeah. And uh, that's exactly what happened. The rest is uh, so now, future history. And, and they were saying that, um, and they didn't really, you know, they didn't make too much of a big deal about it at Cryptic in-house. And then when they announced it in-house, not to the public, they just said, hey, officially, we, we looks like got we got Star the Trek. IP for Star Trek. Right? And, and they said that they had uh, developers lining up outside management's door asking to be transferred to yeah, that with project. like pictures of themselves at old star trek conventions yeah. <laughs> i love the idea of like all of a sudden all the developers are scrambling yeah. they're going to get in their photo libraries and they're sending them the pictures and emails and lining up with Vulcan i'm a star trek on. fan look i'm legitimate <laughs> so there was just a huge huge response inside cryptic ton of energy and you can tell um it, it comes out somehow yeah there's there's just that just through the communications of the, of the different people from the company like it it seeps through like you can tell when a company's jazzed about a product and when they're yeah. just when they're just talking everybody talk. that you see talking about if you follow them on twitter if they post on the forums if they respond to anything i mean there's cryptic staff that will come into the forums and argue with you over the semantics that only trekkies care about you know the size of the ships and the crew compliments and things like that and, 
you know, if they were just programmers doing their job, they wouldn't care. They wouldn't. Yeah. They wouldn't stop by. They wouldn't be so excited about this game that hasn't even gotten to beta that and they're twittering shows, about it. It shows in their respect of the historical content, in the in the respectful, very smart, very believable way that they're evolving the content mm-hmm. for the time point time frame that the game takes place. It shows the energy level shows in just all aspects of it. And uh, I, I think that means that not only are we going to see a pretty solid game at launch, but we're going to see a ton of commitment in continuing to improve the game ah, over time. Improving the game over time is another thing that they mentioned. Um, oh, yeah? I'm not, I can't remember, actually, if it was in the VentureBeat article or if it was in the older Gamer article, but the, uh, they had said that Cryptic has always tried to subscribe to a model of rolling out new content or expansions, you know, new and it's, and it's an every, accepted. It's an accepted, every three to four months. That's a kind of an accepted, uh, ever evolving game through patching and then through major f- expansions. Uh, that's a that's a that's kind of an accepted MMO practice. I mean, how often is it once a year where World of Warcraft does an expansion? It's about once a year now, but there were some big gaps in content. Um, the first, um, the first major expansion, I don't think came out until a full two years after the game was uh, underway. Now that means that during that entire time, the biggest thing that they ever rolled out was a new dungeon. Um, two years is a long time for people to be waiting for new levels and new skills and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so if if Cryptic is is subscribing themselves, is promising themselves that they'll be able to do that kind of level that level of content rollouts every three to four months. It's a big deal. That's that's a pretty big promise to make. First of all, that but, is a. Uh, I mean, how can they how can they make that commitment? You know, I mean, they, they better know what they're doing. Yeah, but there's already been talk. Of they must already have plans. There's already been talk of additional factions being added. The Romulans. Um, maybe the Remans, although I think they kind of got stomped in the Civil War. We might see that later on down in the uh, the timeline. Um, and the, who else was the uh, Romulans? Oh, the uh, Bony Necks. The Cardassians. Cardassians, that's the one. Bony Necks. The Bajoran haters. <laughs> our, yeah. our fellow Bajoran haters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, maybe uh, even the Dominion. That's what I was going to say. The other thing we've heard of is the Dominion. Um, and, and changelings could be crazy. Changelings could be game-breaking. <laughs> changelings could be game-breaking. So uh, it, it's, you know. You just get four or five changelings together and they become a ship, right? Right. <laughs> they can fly through space. Did yeah. you know that? That's, I mean, did you see the episode of DS9 where Odo can fly through space? Or No. no. Odo's hanging with a dude and he can fly through space. Oh, hanging with a dude. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, so, okay. So the main thing to take away from that is that it sounds like it's not just a launch and then forget it. They, they have their yeah. plans to continue to back it up. So, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Was there anything else we want to cover in this episode? I think it's a short episode. Actually, yes, there is something else. Like we All skipped right. right over it here. Okay, go for it. There's been a couple new pages at StarTrekOnline.com. If you don't go there on a regular basis, you need to check out some of these, especially if you're interested in the um, player progression and a little bit more information about your ships. Um, they have released a, a page that's an overview of um, bridge officer station modifications. Uh, this is basically your ship's equipment. Mm-hmm. This is where you will equip things like improved scanners, yep. improved photon torpedo heads, and, uh, in- and armor and mm-hmm. things like that to, to turn your ship um, more specifically in its, into what, it, what you want it to be. Um, the other page is a player progression, which is basically a recap of everything we've told you here, everything that's gone in the IRC Do we have links to those? Um, I will get them to okay. you. We'll put I'll them in the show in the notes. notes. Absolutely. But uh, the uh, the summary pages are super helpful. 
Yeah, they are. Super helpful. It basically breaks down so you don't have to dig through the forms. You don't well, you don't have to listen to us. <laughs> you can just read right. it right there on their website. Right. Ah, curse them. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. They're they're taking they're taking our jobs away. We just gotta keep coming up with something else. <laughs> all right. Well somebody's gotta watch the watchman. That's, and that's right. us. Wait. Oh, one more thing I wanna I mention about that. What? Um that's from last episode. I am unfortunately wrong. I'm not playing beta yet. I had made the uh, gross. Oh, you did. That's right. You said you think you'd be playing it by this episode. I it it feels that close. It really does. I know it does feel like it's on our. So t- next episode, you think so? <laughs> Do you think so? Uh, I'll just keep saying it. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to try to take. I'm 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 ready to geek out when it comes out. I think I'm going to take a couple of days off work mm-hmm. and just plant myself in front of the computer and just absorb. If just. Okay, if nom, beta, nom, 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 <laughs> the game. That's what I want to do. If beta comes out, I want to say this to all the people that actually get into uh, closed beta. Um, do your jobs. This is not just a play, no matter how much we want to play. What if I just want to play? Um, do your job. Oh. It doesn't matter if you just say, hey, this all is spelled right. wrong. Tell them something. Well, I'm, not the guy to work, I'm not the guy to correct them about their spelling. <laughs> no, you aren't. Not. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not my thing. But, this uh, week on... All right. I'll, I'll, do a, I'll do a bug report if I yeah. have to. One or two. You know, one a day maybe. All right. One an hour if you can. Oh, one an hour? Yeah, if you can. I know. Yeah. That's a lot of... You think there's going to be that many uh, bugs? Holy crap, dude. No, just do the same one over and over again. <laughs> oh, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. All right. Just well, send them the same bug report that says, why can't I be a Bajoran? I hope we're playing by next episode, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah. They got to do it when they're ready. I know. So. But they seem so close to ready. It so, does. Oh, it does. I just want to play this game. I hear you. I hear you. Can we play the game now? Uh, Are we well, there yet? We'll have to play champions in the meantime. Yes, we We've will. got details about... Our fleet that we're assembling for Star Trek Online over sure on our do. forum the at Jupiter, Jupiter Force, JupiterColony.com. There's a section in there just for stoked. We fixed it. We fixed the forum. Chris fixed it. I'm an awesome. I'm an awesome. Yeah. And uh, you can go in there and give feedback for this episode in that stoked forum, mm-hmm. or get details about our upcoming Jupiter Force fleet. It's real easy to be a part of. You just have to be a fan of the show. There you have it. That's that's pretty much it. So okay. So we, ta- we covered in that. Also, if you want to get a hold of us, give us any feedback, you can do that over at facebook.com slash Jupiter Broadcasting. Or like I mentioned, in the form is the place to do it. That's right. All right, everyone. Well, I think that wraps up episode seven of Stoked. Sure does. Episode eight will be out next Tuesday. 